This morning's scripture lesson comes from the close of the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. The portion that we will hear this morning is an invitation into a new way of living. Though earlier in this chapter, Jesus pronounces warnings and woes as he teaches in Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. Listen now to a word from the Lord. I'm reading from Matthew 11, the 25th through 30th verses. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, and you've revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if you've been a parent and you had to introduce your child to the spiritual discipline of a formal worship service, big church, do you remember those moments? Some congregations are flexible and they warmly welcome young children, others not so much. My mother loves to tell the story of taking my big brother Greg to worship for that first time. They arrived late and they were seated in the second row and they were squeezed into the middle of a pew behind an important church matriarch. Greg had his nicely shined Buster Brown white leather shoes on and he found that it was really fun to kick the back of the pew that was in front of him. You know, it makes a satisfying noise. Tap, 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 tap. And with each tap, you could just see, my mother describes, that matriarch's spine winching straighter. And then my brother Greg had these significant moments of flatulence. And my parents could do nothing but laugh and shake and try to hold in all that, oh my gosh, today is going so wrong. This work of doing big church is just not working out. But eventually what happened was that matriarch turned around and just glared and stared and shamed my parents. My mother always tells this story with a sense of wonderment that our family ever returned into the house of the Lord. At Idlewild, I remember our parenting playbook for coming to big church. We considered ourselves pretty wise because we had a series of what-not statements to drive home our lessons. Around the breakfast table and bowls of Cheerios, we said, sweetie, what's not going to happen today is you will not leave the sanctuary and go to C3 with Miss Katie and her great big hugs. 
And then clicking her into her car seat, we said, sweetie, what's not going to happen after Miss Elizabeth shares the Bible story with you is that you're not going to run down that long hallway and then up the ramp to the Jones building. And as we walked into church that particular day, we said, Abigail, what's not going to happen is that you are not going to eat goldfish, you're not going to drink apple juice, and you're not going to build those big block towers to crash with Gentry and Ellie and Georgia. Because we had a playbook, and we were wise with the management of our expectations of our youngest child. So as the prelude began on that first Sunday, full of worship for our youngest, I leaned in and I whispered to Abigail, Abigail, this is about what's about to happen. Pastor Margaret, see her up there in the black robe and her stole? Well, she's going to call us to worship. And in a very judgmental and strict way, I said, put down your crayons. Pay attention. And she looked up at me and she said, I know, Mom, the teacher leads us and then we do our part. The teacher leads us and then we do our part. I was not as wise and intelligent as she, this young child who intuitively knew the truth of the gospel. The teacher leads us and then we do our part. Well, yes. Earlier in this chapter in Matthew, Jesus pronounces woes to communities who did not repent of their sins, who did not turn back before God. Jesus did not come into this world to go lightly, but Jesus came to be light. And when the darkness of sin and being turned away from God moves in, Jesus is not afraid to name what he sees right before him. Jesus names his frustration about these communities who are not following him, but who are only paying lip service. Woe to you, Capernaum. But it's after these words of judgment that Christ turns to pray, and he thanks God for God's revolution of truth through the eyes of children, not those who think that they're wise and intelligent. And then Jesus offers an invitation. Come, take, learn. Find rest for your souls. I particularly like how Eugene Peterson describes this passage in the message. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and we will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live lightly and freely. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I'm wondering if this is where we find ourselves in the church in the midst of the civil unrest and pandemic uncertainty. We are living in a world where what is true, it seems uncertain, and it appears to be debatable. How is it that we individually and together, how will we learn those unforced rhythms of grace? This may seem overtly simple, but I believe it is entrusting what is true. And here's the undebatable truth. Christ's love is true. It bends towards all of humanity, and it gives hope. The teacher leads us, and we have to do our part. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And so when we come to Jesus, we have to leave behind some of the ways that we have been living in this world. We literally have to let go. We have to trust in something that is beyond ourselves, not just something, but someone. We have to trust in God. So I wonder, where are the places in our lives where we do feel overburdened or exhausted, resentful or entitled? If the end goal is to rest in Christ, Maybe the question that we need to be asking ourselves both individually and as a community is, what is it that's preventing us from resting, from finding a peace that passes all understanding? Is it that you think that you just don't have enough? Or is it that you are frustrated because you know you are absolutely right and that you judge others who are not? Or is it simply that nagging feeling like you simply just can't get anything right? Christ invites us to come and to take his yoke. And this taking on of Christ's yoke, it doesn't mean that the work we have to do will not be hard, But it means that the work we will take on as individual disciples and as the body of Christ, as the church at Idlewild Presbyterian, that that work will be shared. We will set down those worldly things that we're carrying and we will walk in step with Christ. Our Christ, Jesus Christ, who is gentle and humble of heart. So this yoke will help us to be balanced with gentleness and humility. It's a hard calling. Gentle and humble. Jesus says, learn from me. I'm gentle and humble-hearted. And these certainly are not the ways of the world, but they are the ways of Christ. And so I suspect we are learning to come take on Christ's yoke as the church in some new ways. And I'm really wondering, what will we leave behind? What in us is not gentle or humble-hearted? 
We need not be the church of Capernaum or Bethsaida or Chorazin, but we do, I believe, need to discern and examine through Christ's teachings that Christ's joy can be known through us. And how will that joy shine from us? When I think back to that story that my mother tells of the church in the 60s, bringing her child, her son, to church, I see the sanctuary packed full. Why else would you seat a three-year-old in the second row? But today, what we have is we have 18 people sitting far apart. But I trust that we have a longing that we will be gathered back together to fill these pews. And it's Christ who says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The teacher leads us, and then we do our part. To God be all glory, now and forever. Amen.